Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Welcome back to Upfront at the Euros. I'm Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I'm Chloe Morgan. And I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. We're starting to see who might be in with a shot of the trophy as Netherlands impress again, though Portugal didn't make it easy. Sweden kept close behind them with a little moment of WSL quality, giving them the edge over Switzerland. We also look back over Wednesday's games as Germany beat Spain at Brentford and Denmark got one over Finland. Could the Danes end up going through? A lot of question marks, guys. A lot of uh, what might have been. A lot of um, surprises. Not that many shocks as of yet, but a whole lot of football. Um, You've said there we're starting to see who might go through. I feel like I'm still none the wiser. Well, Group C is wide open, uh, which is the group involving Holland, Sweden, Switzerland and Portugal. The others are a little bit more, we kind of know what's going on. But that one in particular, which there were all their games were on Wednesday. God, I have literally no idea what day of the week it is now. Um, <laughs> they were all on Wednesday. Um, that one, like, I think it's very confusing, but I think all four could go through. I mean, okay, I'm, I'm going to get, oh, let's let's actually talk about the football because now I'm jumping ahead into, into, into too much. But we're all... Um, dialing in from various locations. I am in a slightly dodgy travel lodge in Warrington. <laughs> um, there are bloodstains on my carpet, not gonna lie, guys. We're all a bit um, worried about her. And yeah. it was touch and go. Uh, but The next pod just could be me and Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows if I'm gonna get, get back to London. Rachel, where are you? I'm in a Hilton in Sheffield. It's, it's much nicer than yours by the sounds of it. Oh, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. And Chloe, where are you? I'm at home. Yeah, I've just uh, rolled out my comfy little bed onto my Ooh. desk. Uh, very safe. No bloodstains. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so gel. A um, dream. Well, let's kick off. Uh, so uh, the reason I'm in this travel agent in Warrington is I'm not on holiday. Um, it's because I was at <laughs> Netherlands. Butlins. <laughs> Butlins. Uh, it's because I was at Netherlands, Portugal at Lee, which is uh, basically Wigan, just outside of Manchester. Um it was a cracking game, 3-2 to the Netherlands in the end. I wasn't sure what this game was going to be like, and I, I'm not going to lie to you guys, I was a bit of like eye roll when I saw it on my schedule because Lee is so far away and I thought it's going to be so one-sided. Boy, was I wrong because Portugal, as much as they are shocking at defending, they are sensational going forward and it was such an exciting game from start to finish. That was very much a who needs defending, let's just have fun kind of going forward yeah, vibes. No defending, <laughs> just vibes. Yeah, it, it was uh, chaotic at, at best, but very fun to watch. I think I was just so impressed with Portugal. I think I was like you, Flo. I thought I saw the um, the match. I thought, you know what, I'll um, I'll tune in, see what it's about. Probably tune out after the first five minutes, thinking that Netherlands would have taken them apart. But and um, I mean, to be fair, they they kind of did for the first uh, for the first part of the game, but. 
I was just so impressed with how tenacious and uh, passionate the Portuguese were. I mean, they were obviously such late additions into the competition, won't have had too much time to prepare. And it feels like they thought, you know what, YOLO, sod it. Um, let's see what we could do here. And to put a side like that under the uh, under the cosh uh, for the entire game and make them stress out until the very late minutes of the game, I thought was, was amazing for them. So yeah, congrats, man. It's very much like no pressure, no expectations on them, which must be quite... I guess freeing um, and you kind of see that in their play they're just like go at teams there's none of this kind of sitting back just trying to absorb pressure or anything they're like nah we need goals if we want to get points we need goals and that's 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 the goal the goal's the goal yeah and they could have even had the lead initially because they had a goal that was ruled out for offside Pinto in the like f- third minute and it took I actually thought they'd taken the lead because I was I was looking down making notes and I hadn't even clocked that they'd ruled out for VAR and then a few minutes later Holland did take Holland took the lead and I was like oh 1-0 and then I was like oh wait no it's actually 1-0 because the other one was ruled out for <laughs> offside um and it was it must have been frustrating for for Portugal because they concede two goals within 10 minutes of each other and they were both from corners and both pretty bad defending. Sharida Spitzer whipping in balls. She is very good with her delivery. It was Egarola with the first header and then Van der Graat with the second header in which she kind of like smashed her face in the same time. Again. Another head like, injury for it, that girl. What is Jesus it with Christ. the Dutch girls and like smashing, Just so smashing into things? Yeah. It's the same girl. She's with the yeah. head injury from the first match. It's Concussion tradition, smashing. Got to get those goals. Um, <laughs> but going 2-0 down, the Portuguese did not let that dent them. You're right. Like you guys both spoke about it. It's just like they've got so much drive. They really kind of enjoying this under God lab- underdog under God. Wow, that's a new Ooh, version. Wow. What's that? Wow. That's like yeah, a, yeah. That's like a new elevated. Name for devil. <laughs> under, under I'm, not, I'm not just an underdog. I'm an under God. Things um, have happened to you in that room, man. Oh God, seriously, <laughs> I've, seen some, I've seen some shit. Um, but you think about it. They came from two goals down against Switzerland, and they came from two goals down to get within a few minutes of getting well not a few minutes quite like they, they had to hold on for about half an hour to try and get a point but they they get a goal not long before half time through a penalty from Costa good penalty as well I don't know why it even needs to go to VAR because it how was a stone how long did that take pen. I Too feel like long. I aged but it was the angles of it I think there was a couple of angles that they showed that it looked like she'd just fallen over on herself and then there was an angle mm. from behind that then showed the foot in and I thought yeah absolutely 100% but I was I was with the ref I was like oh, now she's fallen over she's uh, making a big deal out of it but I mean it was a beautiful penalty so coolly taken and you know Dom Salah had absolutely no chance of saving yeah. that there was an offside as well that went to VAR and yeah, honest to God, I felt like forever. felt like it was we were into week two of the Euros by the time <laughs> they got round. Like as soon as I saw it, like the first replay, we were both like, "Oh, that's offside." And yet yeah. it was like, "I need it from a different angle, from a different angle." Someone, I think it was Tim Stillman who tweeted, "Maybe the VAR are using like real VHS, so they're like fast forward rewinding it every time for the <laughs> referee." And that would have made it, some sense. It, it felt like that. I mean, um, people. Like on, I was doing updates for for radio, and they were they were in my ear being like, "Flo, do you know why the delay is taking so long?" And I was like, "No, because it's so clearly because they they were watching obviously the BBC coverage in the studio, and they were like, it's so clearly offside. I don't know what they're doing." And I was like, "Me neither. There's no, like, it just said, they're not checking for anything else. It says on my monitor here, offside check. Anyway, that was for the Jill Rawd goal, which would have made it." Um, 3-2 after Diana Silva gets Portugal's equaliser just after half time. That's Jill Rod's goals ruled out. Unfortunately for Portugal and fortunately for the Dutch, Daniel van der Dog does get the third goal and eventually get Holland the win with an absolute screamer. And that's probably 
what is going to get Holland through this entire tournament is just the sheer individual quality because some of the tactical decisions have been slightly questionable from Mark Parsons. We know their defence is pretty shaky, but they've just still got individual quality in Jill Rod and Daniel Vanderdonk. Obviously, Miedemar is out with COVID, Jackie Groen out with COVID. Lika Martens looks a little bit off the pace, but they've got good players there and I feel like they're going to bundle their way through to the quarterfinals and we'll see what happens beyond that. Yeah, I think once Miedema and Gronen come back, that will give them a little bit of solidity. It's not going to shore up their defence, but in terms of playmaking opportunities, I do think they were missing yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. And you could tell, I think they looked slightly shakier going forwards. But I mean, I've got, I've, I've just got to go back to that, that Vanderdonk goal, because my God, I think that's probably one of the goals of the tournament so far. It was just such a worldly finish. They're absolutely starting to shit themselves that this might not be going their way. And she pulls that one out of the bag with um, with, uh, with quite effortless ease. Um, yeah, bringing them home the points. And um, yeah, I've got to agree with you. I just hope that the uh, the COVID infection doesn't spread throughout the rest of the team because it, it feels like we're all going to take a chance at, um, or take a chance off, off at some point in uh, the next few games coming up so well if they make it through which I think they will yeah we've had a, a few sort of like mini COVID outbreaks although good to see Lotta Wivermoy back in training for England yesterday I think people are coming back fairly quickly so um, Miedemar and, uh, and Gronin could even be back for that final group game also shout out the Dutch fans because I was under the impression that they would not be doing the march in leagues. When I was asking lots of fans, they didn't think they were doing it either. But they managed to find some town centre. Nobody seems to know where it was, but some town centre within 15 minutes walk of Lee Sports Village. And it was like out of nowhere. I could hear suddenly I just heard these distant fog horns and brass instruments. And I was like, what's that? And then I saw some orange in like the far uh, sort of like east corner of Lee Sports Village and then some Dutch flags just emerged and there the bus was there everyone was and I think for the locals and for the neutrals like that was really important because they needed the vibes and also shout out the Portuguese drummer that was like 10 yards from me and giving me honestly like a migraine with his drumming because his arm must have been so tired because it did not stop so yeah the atmosphere was was good at Lee Sports Village as well. Flo you and I had the pleasure of joining the the Dutch fan march before the Sweden game and that was absolutely epic the fan park was unmatched they had awesome awesome house music Dutch house music and stuff playing beforehand and the Dutch fans were loving it it did come down slightly in in vibe vibes uh when they brought on a local singer to sing Ness and Dorme and um you raised me up um but but it went back up it went back up to the the Dutch house music what was his name like Joe I'm not I don't want to give his name because it's not his fault his obviously his agent booked him onto this and didn't tell him it was going to be like crazy vibes party vibes um, but that was that was epic with the with the Dutch and yesterday I got to do the Swedish fan march which you know different different levels to the Dutch but you know just as fun just as colourful um, and I just love it it's so much fun seeing the fans come out in the numbers it's, it's I'm amazing. saying for a, for a final with the Dutch and the English, but not not the teams necessarily, but the fans. Like, can you imagine seeing the Orange Army coming down the the Wembley track? Oh, with like Wembley Way, that'd be so their, good, wouldn't it? It would be incredible. Absolutely. And on the other side, you've got the England fans chanting "Sweet Caroline," and there's just carnage, and it's just uh, yeah, war of the fans. Yeah, for Wem- the Wembley final. There are so many permutations um, in this Group C. Like, it is so wide open. Um, I'm gonna try and work them out. Um, but first, 
let's uh, let's hear from you, Rachel, because you were at Bramall Lane watching the Sweden-Switzerland game, which was a bit of a classic in the end. Yeah, not what I was expecting, I'll be honest. I thought um, Sweden would be definitely be more dominant and they were, in a sense, probably they were the better team. Um, despite the scoreline, they did have two goals ruled for offside. So they did have the ball in the back of that a number of times. But first half especially, they went in nil-nil. Switzerland were very, very tough to break down. Um, they had a few flurries forward as well. But I think... Uh, if they had a few more clinical attackers, I know they've got Ramona Bachman in there um, who did end up scoring for them, but I do think they rely on her a little bit too much and she, in that she kind of will go herself a lot because um, there was a number, a couple of times she kind of took off up the pitch into the box and kind of tried to get the goal herself rather than passing. But I was impressed with Switzerland. Um, very resilient given their gastrointestinal issues that they've been facing during given the week. Given the, so. the dodgy um, afternoon tea they had. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Sweden, I think Sweden did deserve the win for sure. Um, but we, we talked about this before uh, the Euros started about their goal scoring. They need more goals for the quality that's in, for the quality of football they play. You expect them to score more goals. And um, it was... 1-1 for, for quite a while like we, we did get that Friedelina Rolfo goal which she absolutely deserved for me she was player of the match yesterday Um, it did go to Seeger but I thought she was excellent and then literally I was still looking at my celebration photos on my camera and Switzerland went and scored um, <laughs> each of a goal from Bachmann um, so it was quite tight then for, for a good portion of the second half um, especially with those goals being ruled offside for Sweden uh, but no they did get the winner with an absolute peach of a goal from Hannah Benison. Yeah, I think it was, um, I mean, I was, I was surprised. It was quite an evenly matched game uh, and there were so many points in the game where I thought it could go either way. And, um, you know, even just looking at some of the stats, I mean, it was 55 Sweden uh, possession, 45 Switzerland. And, and that just sort of goes to prove that actually it could have gone either way. Um, you know, both of them had the fair share of chances. Um, but I just, uh, I, I didn't find the game overly exciting. I know it may be controversial, but um, yeah, I just expected that Sweden would come away with the win and, and obviously they, they did, but just by sort of a more narrow margin that, than I expected. But now it does sort of throw the group. I mean, it's an interesting group because you just don't know which way it's going to go at any point. And um, with some of the teams now in sort of contention to, to make it through, you think actually they might sort of bolster their performances and think that this year could be the year that we have a, a of outside chance here the other thing about Sweden I found um, is that we've talked about how they're good in kind of all areas of the pitch so it wasn't so much for me that their defence was poor yesterday but I, I think um, me and Sophie were talking about this they can get caught out on the transition they they play quite a high press and that's where I think Switzerland were, were catching them out um, because they do have a good solid backline but it looked a little bit shaky at times and like you say Chloe I did think there wasn't a chance for Switzerland to to get a um to get ahead uh so yeah it, it does throw up things in group C I think we were both fairly we were all certain that Netherlands and Sweden would just would walk out of the group but it's it's looking to be an exciting final group three game um so UEFA will be updating their page at some point with the official permutations but I'm going to try and attempt for group we C go. to oh, go through in. it Gosh. But stay it focused is, Chloe I think I think everyone in this group can go through basically even Portugal because there's been a couple of draws so there's not as many head-to-head ramifications because obviously Netherlands and Sweden drew uh, and Portugal drew with Switzerland and Sweden are playing Portugal and Switzerland are playing the Netherlands in those final games. So, at the, and as it stands, the Netherlands are top 
on goals four because they've scored four goals and Sweden have have scored three. So obviously they drew. So head to head doesn't come into play. They've got the same amount of goal difference. <laughs> so Netherlands are top on goals four, right? So we're already like th- we're on the third stage of how to work out who's going to top the group, right? But if Switzerland beat Netherlands, they would also have four points and therefore go through on head to head because they beat Netherlands and head to head is the first thing that you go to before goal difference in terms of who's going to get out of the group, right? So Switzerland could go through on head to head if they beat Netherlands. Now, I may be proven wrong because UEFA are going to update their website at some point with the official permutations, but this is what I think I've worked out. Now, Portugal, similarly, if they beat Sweden, they would also have four points and therefore they could potentially also go through on head-to-head because they would have beat Sweden. (laughs) Now, the issue is Netherlands beat Portugal. So if Netherlands better any result that Portugal do, they would go through via head-to-head. But what will probably happen is that Sweden and Netherlands will both win and where it is in the table now will remain the same and Portugal and Switzerland will be knocked out. But I I believe that everyone has a chance of going through, but it is just a little bit complicated. So I drifted off very briefly at the beginning of that and I just struggled then to catch back on. But um, if there's video footage, I looked like I was following along. But um, Mm. uh, sounds sounds great. Yeah, it's it's like that. I believe you. It's like that scene in A Beautiful Mind where he's like scribbling on the board and there's like maths equations like shh. And then then me me and Chloe are at the the back of the class just like throwing airplanes. Rachel's the picture of that meme where she's like that woman's like that with all the like equations in her head. That's Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, hopefully UEFA should be updating their little website page and they will actually know what's going on because I'm not the best at maths and I may have got this completely wrong and all the little rules and stuff are confusing, but we will update you on that when we know. But I mean, the moral of the story is Group C is great fun because it's wide open. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. But let's move on to group B, which we're playing let's, on. Let's definitely do that. Tuesday night. <laughs> Um, Brentford Rachel and I we were both at Brentford um, which is becoming a bit of a vibe actually yeah. I think it's a really good stadium for women's it's football I'd love to see some more games there it's I am hearing from fans a bit of a nightmare to get like public transport afterwards because Kew Bridge like it's just so overflowed with with people and then they close Gunnersbury which is the next closest which um, is stupid. tube and train I don't yeah I don't know why they do that it doesn't make sense but obviously they think it's logical so I think fans are getting a little bit frustrated with getting home but um in terms of like vibes and and pitch size and I, I think it's I think it's a brilliant venue um but getting on to the football we've got a bit of logistics chat there um Germany pretty comfortably smash Spain like I think it was just very it just felt like a very classic Spanish football scenario you know we know that both in the men's and the women's game Spanish football has such a core identity to it it's what brought them to become world champions on the men's side in 2010 it's what has delivered Barcelona to you know such heights in the women's game 
you know, possession, um, quality on the ball, um, you know, ruthless in their pressing. But then their downfall, and we know this with all Spanish teams, is not putting the ball in the back of the net and not creating high quality chances. And that is what undid them on Tuesday night. They've got the flair, they had the possession, they just lacked the clinical edge. And typical Germany, they were efficient, they had two shots on target, and they got two goals. <laughs> and then they just, you know, we, you, know, on, you know, on the pod the other day, we were talking about whether um, England going full throttle and like, you know, just and going to punish Norway was going to tire them out. Well, Germany did the opposite. Two goals, two nil, loads of subs, shut up shop, just, you know, get yourselves into a solid position, remain organised, don't expend too much energy, barely go up the other end of the pitch in the second half, make one decent save from Mariona in the second half. And that was kind of all they had to do. And it was job done, Chloe. Yeah, it was efficient. And I think um, it was kind of, um, well, it was surprising. I think it was a surprising result. I think everyone was expecting more from the game. And I think, you know, Rachel touched there on, on the possession. And I was just having a look myself at the stats because I, I was thinking, OK, well, Spain have got so much possession in this game. Why are they not converting this into to more chances? And, you know, they had 70% of the possession in that game and they've come away with a 2-0 loss in a game that they were expected to do a lot better in. And um, I think it was an absolute gift, I think, in the first opening minutes obviously with the uh, the goalkeeping error uh, from Panyos and I think obviously you know the the I mean, Bull still, still had a load to do. It wasn't like that was an easy uh, finish at all. She still had to beat a defender and also slot it in the bottom right-hand corner, which she'd done in a ridiculously cool, um, fa- cool calm fashion. Um, but, you know, we did see a couple of great Spanish attacks. There was that sort of quick, vibrant flair, finding uh, spaces in small areas on, on occasion. But it just felt like Germany were quite happy then just to, to get the goals and just let Spain sort of play amongst themselves for a bit, um, maintain solidarity at the back and just see out the game. And... Um, yeah, I mean, it was a masterclass, I suppose, in just being efficient, ruthless, taking your chances, and um, and seeing out and seeing out the game. game management was was on point. Sophie tweeted that she said the amount of times the, the fans around us have gone shoot, and it did feel like that. It felt a bit like the Spanish team were trying to walk the ball into the goal. They're, they're, you know, they'd get into positions at the top of the box and they'd choose to pass. They'd rather do two, three passes rather than just test the goalkeeper and maybe, you know, get a follow up on a parried ball or something. Um, so I know the fans around us were getting quite frustrated. I think that's probably where they were missing Puteus. Um, yeah, I think she would have brought that extra additional um, threat at the front. And um, yeah, I think, yeah, I did see that. It was frustrating to watch because it just felt like the game could have been a lot tighter and, and they just didn't take those chances or, or, yeah, they felt that they had to just walk the ball in and, and it just didn't need that to happen. Yeah, there was a there was a very frustrated Spanish fan to the right of me. So I was like kind of on the gantry, which is uh, on the same side as the benches, but kind of like higher up. And to the right of me, there was a Spanish fan with a megaphone. And I would have loved to have known what she was saying in Spanish at the end of the game. Because in my head, I had um, decided that she was sh- shouting uh, angry words in Spanish at Spanish coach Jorge Vilda. Because there were some questionable decisions made. We already know a lot of the fans don't like him for his squad selection and tactics. He's been given a new contract, which a lot of fans aren't happy about. Um, and... On Tuesday night, he made some interesting decisions, not playing an actual central, uh, a centre forward up top. He kept playing wingers there um, and it didn't work. He did try and switch things up, finally brought Claudia Pina on, who everyone's been waiting to see, but that didn't work either. Aimer Sariegi is still on the bench, despite 
a tremendous goal scoring record and she is a centre forward and she still hasn't come on um, I think people are, I, I'm certainly getting the sense on Twitter and like I would be feeling this too that people are just getting a little bit fed up and obviously not having Pateas is, is a massive miss but like to not get through to, to potentially not get through to the quarterfinals would be ridiculous and you've just given this man a new, a new contract I mean he could be sacked at the end of the tournament I think um, that's what I find so surprising is that no one expected going into this competition that it would come down to the game at the weekend against against Denmark for Spain. Um, I think everyone just thought that they would be a sure win, a sure bet. By now, they'd have had the, the tables wrapped up and they'd be heading on to the quarterfinals and that's, that's where their focus would be. But for them now to, to be going into Saturday thinking that there's a chance here they might not make it out of the group stages is a bit ridiculous. Uh, the other game in uh, Group B was Denmark 1, Finland 0. And this is kind of what we expected to see this tournament. And we finally got it. Penilla Harder unleashed, carrying the team on her back. And I think we said from the <laughs> off that the chances, any chance that Denmark had of getting through, it was going to be a lot on, on, on Penilla Harder and how she could perform and how teams set up against her. And she was given the freedom and the space and uh, she delivered. But it was a tough old game for Denmark. They're living on the edge, man. Like to have to go and beat Spain <laughs> to get through uh, is going to be a, a tall, tall order. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm glad they got the win. I'm glad Harder got the goal. Um, and but she did have to. She took some serious punishment in that game um, for all her hard work. She got a right whack in the head, um, and I think there was con- some concerns about that early on um, because she went straight off. But she said afterwards that the main thing was she'd hit her head and she should go off. That's kind of their immediate decision as opposed to van de Graaff for um netherlands who just keeps getting hit in the head <laughs> continues to play on um so yeah luckily it looks like she'll be fine for spain because that would have been an absolute nightmare for denmark had she not been able to play in that game um but yeah finland wow absolutely solid in the back corpola and the goal i thought probably had player of the match performance but um i know in these tournaments they don't like to generally give player of the match to teams who've lost um but she pulled off some absolutely unbelievable saves chloe i'm going to throw to you because as the goalkeeper i'm sure you want to pick her up oh my god i mean what a performance she was absolutely unreal and i think we've seen some of those performances from her in the wsl when she's been able to play and um i think she was absolutely critical in keeping it a very even evenly matched game uh, and allowing finland to still be in the game because there were so many waves of attack from denmark um and i think she pulled off about three or four absolutely worldy saves in the first half and that continued into the second half with that one-on-one chance that that came on in the uh, early in the second half and um yeah I just uh, yeah credit to her absolutely bloody an absolute goalkeeper masterclass from her um yeah I could take tips and I will also at right at the death uh, Danish goalkeeper Christensen pulled off an unbelievable fingertip save it was the 89th minute um an absolute peach of a, a shot right up into the top corner and she had not been busy through this game pulled out an unreal save um at the moment kind of marked as one of the saves of the tournament so both goalkeepers putting in a serious shift and in terms of permutations on this one UEFA have updated the official page so it's going to be much less confusing well hopefully I can't not. wait for you to run through this <laughs> hopefully that's why that's why I hope for you listener um so first things first Finland cannot reach the quarterfinals because they've lost both their games uh so that's out so we disregard them Denmark will go through as runners up and play England if they beat Spain in that final game Spain will go through and play England if they avoid defeat 
because their overall goal difference is better if the game is a draw. So all Spain need to do is just not lose and they will go through. Germany are already through and going to go through as Group B winners and they're going to meet the runners-up from Group A, which it could be Norway or Austria and that game is a straight shootout. So there's a few little permutations to go, but not as confusing as Group C. Um, so, yeah, I mean... This, I actually understood even that. Though, yeah, that was easy. Yeah, Even though we had a few teams that we like had marked really as like definite qualifiers these group stages have been really really exciting i'm buzzing no i was gonna say i did say i wasn't sure who was gonna come second in that group i did think it was gonna be spain but i did think denmark were gonna be tricky although it turns out denmark haven't actually been all that great but still have the ability to go through should they win so yeah it's it's fun this is what we love tournament football for I think I've got to share your enthusiasm for that game. Like I'll be watching that on the edge of my seat because I wouldn't be surprised if Denmark come out and try and pull out all the stops and it, it goes to like a you know a ninety second minute goal um, from Spain because Denmark have just frustrated them and or Spain just choose not to shoot when they're um, in and around the penalty area. So um, yeah, I think that's going to be the game to watch this weekend. I will be there. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, you lucky little Jeez. Irish person. Yeah, <laughs> you. Yeah, you. Um, I think I might be at. I can't remember. It's it. My brain hurts, but I'm going to be at some games. Um, I'm going to be just, at. Whatever, we just hope you make it. Really, we just hope you make it out that room. I'm going to be whatever game is at MK Dons. Is that Spain Denmark? I think so. No, it's Germany. It's Germany Finland. Damn. No, I'm at the dead rubber. <laughs> Okay. Um, anyway, we better we better move on because I've got to get out of this hotel room before I get killed. Um, thank you so much. We've got some more games, obviously, uh, tonight. We've got Italy versus Iceland, France versus Belgium. And then on Friday, England, Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland are out. England are through. So I think it's going to be like heavy rotation party vibes. But we'll obviously talk about that on the pod uh the saturday morning we'll have a special england ep for you but yeah thank you so much for listening uh we'll be back on saturday to look back at that game and if you've got any questions in the meantime tweet us at football ramble at floyd tweet at girls on the ball or at morgie underscore 89 and we'll see you all on saturday Upfront is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.